Gems Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is September 7th, and this is episode 97. Welcome, everybody. Hopefully, you're having a great day today. We've got a lot to cover. I hope everyone had a good, long Labor Day weekend. And it's all nice and refreshed. I do apologize about not having a Monday meeting as I was tied up with family shenanigans and just overall holiday stuff. Um, It's not like we missed too much in the last, well, other than yesterday. (laughs) Monday was a pretty nonchalant day. We had a very large liquidity grab pullback yesterday. And as things are going as of today, we are absolutely recovering and starting to see that whole pullback just get uh, wiped out. So, first things first, as always, since we didn't cover it on Monday, we're going to take a look at our macros. Uh, Taking a look over here on weeklies of Bitcoin and ETH right now, not looking great, right? The weekly hasn't had enough time, in my opinion, at least on Bitcoin, to, uh, to change anything about this weekly. Things are still pointing to the downside, you know, potentially a continuation in our future. Um, is still on the in the cards. Everything else, though, Ethereum included, a lot of the altcoins um, are actually already showing us that potentially we can, you know, we keep our triple confirmation here. We're turning back up. The money flow has continued to turn back up. The green dot, the wolf pack, turning potentially back into the green. There are some very bullish signs as of today's activity, essentially. And of course, Bitcoin will drag itself in the same direction as everything else. We essentially, we did talk about last week that we were expecting the DXY, the US 10-year yield, uh, to kind of both start to pull back, hit a ceiling, right? Hit a, hit a floor and then start to turn around. We are starting to see that concluding uh, or starting to happen. Essentially, the 10-year yield has dropped 0.2% today. Dixie down not too much, you know, about a dollar. But the fact that we're starting to see any type of, you know, hitting of a roof, starting to hit resistance, we're right on track for what we were expecting and talking about last week. Um, The S&P had a great bounce today. Absolutely great. We ended up closing yesterday around 3,900 points. We're back up to around 3,980. Yeah, essentially we've opened and continued to push higher today. Um, cryptocurrencies reacting to it. I really truly believe that yesterday's dump and final pushdown, you know, it really had no volume. It was really just a liquidity grab to trap people under $20,000. We ended up touching about eighteen six, you know, which in all, all in all is fine. Absolutely fine. We haven't broken the floor here. The fact that we're closing more than likely in the next three hours above 19200 meaning that we're not going to see a lower low close of the previous low from back here on July 2nd is a very good thing. Um, we need to stay above that level or close on that level in order to maintain that structure. But what we're starting to see in the shorter terms, like our four hour, six hour, eight hour, is that we've just essentially built another divergence. We see this divergence across all of our indicators, Wolfpack, Money Flow, Market Liberator. It's on all three, right? We have some hidden bullish stuff going on as well uh, in some of our other our other assets. Um, ETH actually looks much 
better all in all than Bitcoin right now, as I previously stated. We did maintain a higher low premise here. We have our divergence from prior from May going into June. We're holding up a higher low. We've got hidden bullish divergences from many different points previously that we've hit on bottoms. And we're holding market structure of the daily, as well as forming a large doji on many, many, many different uh, altcoins. So, you know, again, we're not out of the woodwork completely yet. Um, I think a lot of people are looking at dailies right now, which are giving us complete, you know, shenanigan channel uh, candles. Um, I'm looking at some of my more kind of obtuse time frames, like our 16 hour, eight hour, that sort of thing. We really need to see money flow continue to turn back up. Bouncing off the zero line here for ETH would be great. Again, looking at this whole thing, the structure, we're still holding a higher low premise. We've still got our divergence intact. And now we've potentially formed a true converging wave, um, as we did speak about in the last episode. These lower, higher lows could have been seen as converging wave, but I mean a true test of the zero fib line, getting a true, you know, sizable higher low was what we wanted to see. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Um, you can see here as well, the triple confirmation on ETH did come in for the eight hour at around 1530. We're already trading at 16.30. If this were to TC back up in the next, uh, I would say, day or two, um, it's going to completely invalidate this triple confirmation. It's going to start working towards, again, we're still triple confirmed on the daily, and we're still triple confirmed on the weekly, both to the upside on Ethereum. Um, again, money flow of the weekly looking great. So overall, um, things are ex doing exactly what we've predicted and what we were hoping for. As long as the US 10 year and the Dixie continue to hit a floor or sorry, a ceiling rather, and continue to turn back down from here, even if we end up coming back up for a day by a little bit, maybe we push towards 3.1% on the 10 year or even 3%, um, a retest of either the 3.1 or the 3.2 from there would be fine. So essentially, like this. It still maintains the overall structure of where we were hoping to turn over, maintaining the head and shoulders on the 10-year yield. The money flow is dramatically dropping right now. Dixie hasn't shown us exactly the same thing, but we are setting ourselves up for divergence with our money flow, our liberator, and from this current point to the previous point of July 4th. So again, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns here and my thought that we are going to see this continue to play to the downside, potentially a much more extended head and shoulders type of deal. It's the same premise, it's just in a different structure than the 10-year. And again, S&P doing the complete opposite. We have an inverted head and shoulders here. We would like to see market structure change in the next two days if we do get the TC by tomorrow's open. Uh, more than likely we will, uh, just with the way everything looks. Um, the market structure should flip back to the bullish uh, in its side. Fib lines potentially stay the way they are for now, but we see that we have you know 1618, 2618 extensions still holding much higher than we are right now. This could be a really nice opportunity going forward. I did put out a couple updates in uh, the swing channel, as well as an altcoin pick that I've been looking at for a couple weeks. Altcoin being EOS, 
we're essentially right at the critical period of time in which that we would need to see this thing make a decision. We've been holding the support since about June. Um, we're right up against the channel resistance as well as trend resistance coming in at the same time. It really is decision time for this bad boy. As we know, we've been looking at the EOS uh, to BTC pairing, which has monumental strength that we haven't seen in over two years. I truly believe that this thing is going to continue higher, at least until we see some sort of ceiling hit, maybe a pullback to the 618 from the new extension, yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm looking for about 2 to $3 on the first push. It'll probably pull back from there, potentially all the way back to around $1.40, uh, where the major support level is right now. Um, as long as we hold above 140 to 150 at this point, the macro of this overall thing looks great. The weekly, the monthly, the two-week, they all look amazing. So probably one of my top picks right now as far as altcoins go. But when you look across the board, there are many, many, many different altcoins to choose from at this point in time. Ethereum being one of those, you know, we know that we have the merge coming up in a less than two weeks, I believe. Um, and things should continue to can, uh, keep pushing into the upside direction. Yeah, I'd love to see a weekly um, type of converging wave, but I think that we're going to break the market structure first, meaning that we have to get above $2,000. We're probably going to get somewhere somewhere between two and three. I know that's a large area to be messing around in, but either the 0.5, the 382 of the weeklies are going to get hit at some point over probably the next two to three months meaning by October or even maybe early November, we're potentially trading back at these levels. From there, we should come back. We should retest these levels of previous resistance, now support. If we hold that, we have a very good chance of trying to break into and above around the all-time high. I know it sounds ludicrous that we're even talking about this again, but it's just what we're seeing. The the money flow of the weekly is looking strong. As long as we don't get a rejection off the zero line, as long as everything else doesn't go to shit, um, as long as you know the overall of everything continues to do what it's doing and not reverse completely, we're at an inquisition an inquisition level for everything. You know, if the Dixie continues to turn down, ten-year yield continues to turn down, these stocks. And crypto assets are going to have a really good chance of continuation to the upside, at least for you know the potentially the rest of the year type of deal. Um, September, as we know, is normally a pretty bad month, uh, all things said. But it's usually you know it, what usually happens is that we pump up for you know the months leading up into September. Maybe of course you know a red month or two in between there. And then September is, is usually crappy. But in this case of this year, we've only gone down. We've had those couple months of green, right? So September honestly feels like a big fake out, trap everyone, keep us you know above 20 until at least we retest into the, into the 30K level, the, uh, the major um, supply level, which is coming in at the same time as the major resistance right now, as we know. $30,000, very key level, very major. I would be prone to seeing a retest up into 28 to 30 before we make a decision about either if we're going to reject and turn everything back down 
Um, if we end up doing that, if we just if we see some sort of secondary fake out, maybe retesting twenty five. Hopefully, you know it holds the support, and we bounce and we continue higher. If not, if we break through twenty five and we retest twenty again for a fourth time, or a, I guess as far as the macro goes, um, a second time, um, things might you know turn out to be worse than it is. We know that the trend support of everything is continuing to press lower the longer we uh, we go sideways and or we go up. In the short term, of course, we have some levels to deal with, 22,000 being the first key level, 26 being the next level if we get through 22. I would say we break back into this rising channel that we were previously in. We haven't retested this thing as resistance yet. We've only since, you know, broken down from it. And again, what are we seeing? Divergences stack up. The only thing we don't see that uh, agrees with everything is the money flow. So we would really like to see that start to turn back up. The one thing that I can point out is that this level of the money flow has been right around the bottom each and every time. We have ticked lower, but as far as money flow goes, this has been kind of the perfect um, consolidation level as far as that goes. If we're going to go down, we need to get a rejection like I said, from some sort of major level, which would be the next level around 28 to 30. If we get through 30, you know, the sky's kind of the limits. We have 40 to deal with. We have 50 to deal with. Again, I don't really want to get into too much of the the macro bullish thinking, but it's just keeping it in the back of your mind. This This move might actually be a lot bigger than most people are expecting. We've been dropping for a total of, I think, five to six months now straight. We really haven't had a lot of, uh, you know, reset, bounce back. A lot of people think that everything's dying and going to shit. And at the same time, the Fed and the European banks are continuing to say that they will just continue to print their problems away. So, you know, what's different than two years ago, other than the sediment? Really nothing. It's, it's just, you know, people's thinking right now is that everything's crap. And I think that they're going to give them a hopium rally, you know, before everything actually goes to shit until the Federal Reserve and the European Bank fully admit that they cannot continue to pump because inflation will continue to spike. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see uh, any major changes other than just continuing in the direction we've been. Peel, uh, I know you were talking about it before the meeting, but I'd love if you wanted to maybe dive into kind of what you were getting at about the uh, European energy, um, what happened with Russia this week, and a little bit more of uh, the traditional outlook, if you have a minute. Sure thing, bro. And I um, I think it, it works well into how you've kind of analyzed the market there. Um, certainly looking at the um, you know, DXY, on Friday we were looking at it and, you know, it looked pretty pretty fake outy um mini pullback and then uh putin uh, decided to shut down the, the last big pipeline of gas to europe and um, just as ukraine had begun two rather large and successive so far uh, offensives so it's so finely balanced it's, it's i think it's a, a really important week um it's a game of chicken or an arm wrestle whichever way you want to look at it but at the same time you've got US dollar and the sidelines just appreciating in value versus the euro, the pound, 
and then every other emerging market um or not even emerging market like the the, the yen uh, is getting absolutely wrecked so with the fed meeting later on this month and and cpi on friday i think it's friday it could be tomorrow it could be cut out by that but um i think they're going to give the Fed a lot of room to maybe slow down on rate rises or ending QE beginning QT because it's all relative, right? Bit of a um, when you look at the DXY, it, it, it's the relative strength of the dollar versus every other currency, and um, with everything else getting worse and having to inflate to pay for energy and stuff like this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know, I think dollar the dollar is the piper that that calls a tune when it comes to equities and, and risk on like, like crypto. It's uh, it's just funny the way like things are topping out and bottoming out as, you know, uh, these kind of quite important dates are coming towards us. A lot of volatility incoming. Starting to see that now. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I just wanted to point this out one more time. I did talk about in the last meeting, but, you know, essentially looking at DXY right now, at least for the last um almost what is this 2004 to now so six 18 years 18 years almost 20 years let's say we've been in this large rising wedge and 2004 2006 2015 2016 and now we've all hit this you know every year that we've touched this resistance level we've rejected so far we have one, two, three, four, and now five hits of this of this top. And we have one, two, three, four bottoms along the support. And that was in 2008, 2011, 2014, and 2021. We're absolutely above the, the falling wedge that's been holding us down since 1984. We hit it back in 1984. It took... A year for it to fall back into the wedge. We came back up to it back in 2001. We rejected right off of the level. And now we're above it again. We've done about this uh, 16% move-ish. Potentially more to go still. We've Sorry, we've done about 12%. So I mean, over the next, I don't know, month or two, potentially it's still, it still could continue higher. There's definitely room for that to happen. We're still technically TC'd in the triple confirmation of the macros. For the DXY, I still see potentially us pushing towards 114, 115. It's very possible if we don't see an immediate rejection in these midterms and continue rejecting off of these uh, bearish divergences now over the next two to three weeks. So definitely, you know, potentially could continue. But as I've said also, the DXY is not the ultimate decider of what's going on with the S&P. And the crypto space, I would say that the 10-year yield is a much better overlook uh, of how, you know, how things are going. And this does look topped out. This does look like we're potentially going to get a shoulder for head and shoulders, at least as far as, you know, daily goes. 12-hour, I see money flow rejecting very hard. We've had a couple flips back and forth, five to be exact. And... I mean, yeah, I think that there's definitely room for maybe some sort of shoulder in the midterm, shorter time frames, as it's done, you know, many times before. But, you know, decision time is soon. 
with all the uh, U.S. data stuff coming out in the next month, two months, three months, um, and midterms coming up in November, I just don't see how they would let this thing start to kind of, you know, blow up. But as you can see, like our last trend support is right underneath us here at about 2.8%. If we break below 2.8%, I would consider this uh, macro kind of bullish trend broken unless we see something like what we saw back here in December of 2021 or even March of 2022 where we faked out below. You know, we hit 2.6%. We try and break back above. But essentially, there's only two options here, right? This time, if it breaks below and it rejects off of the more macro resistance, which again, same thing as the Dixie, we're above the macro resistance right now. The last time it did this, every other time so far, it's rejected. Rejected 1981, rejected 1984, rejected 2000, rejected in 2006 and 7, rejected back here in 2018. Now we've got this first time where we're, you know, we we're above, we've retested it in August and we're pushing through. So it's it's like this is the critical period in time where we need to make a decision because yes, it retested, it's bullish as of right now, but if it gets rejected, it retests again, it retests trend and falls from that as a converging wave, it's going to bust back down and through. Maybe a retest of it again right? We always take steps as we're going. We take the same concept as we did in 2019. You can kind of see how this potentially could play out. And those correlations are with money printing. So mm. essentially mm. the dollar becomes too strong. Like if you think about it, I think it's 58% of S&P 500 revenue comes from Europe, oh. <laughs> our biggest trading partner. Um, and the stronger the dollar it's really bad for exports. And also, you don't want your trading partners to have a sovereign debt crisis. And that's what the bond market is signaling is, you know, if the dollar 10 year is going up, the, the UK 10 year yield is, I think it's a 15 year high. Um, everything else has gone up more. So, you know, the Fed will print money to buy bonds, their own bonds and their friends' bonds. Um, right. So yeah, I think you'll see the DXY top out as a ten-year top set, as the Fed says, "Hey, we're not going to end QE anytime soon." Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, so far, the fractal that we pulled out of our butt on the S and P as well uh, is continuing to play through. We're starting to turn around exactly kind of where we were hoping to. Maybe a couple days later than expected, but you know, overall, we're maintaining this pattern here of this divergence, convergence, breakup. You know, maybe we don't get the rest of this rally. We'll see. But as far as percentages of what I've seen in the past and everything, it pretty much lines up perfectly with kind of what I was expecting. Depending on what happens when we retest here in like 2024 um, is going to make or break the S&P. You know, the rest of this pattern may not continue. Uh, we may end up breaking down of this rising wedge much sooner than we kind of expect, but we'll have to see how it goes. So far, though, we're right on track. And then the important date, so, you know, I think but this is a waypoint. Um, the CPI for August 
is going to be released um, Tuesday, September 13th. So next week. And maybe It'll for be- our listeners who don't know what CPI is, could you uh, go into that maybe a little oh, bit? Sorry, folks. Um, CPI, a consumer price index for uh, United States. So if we think of the last sequence of CPI releases, uh, you know, it was the main signal of inflation, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, the spike in CPI back in or late late spring, early summer um, was really what kind of shocked the market into, you know, uh, record-breaking multi-month downtrend that just kept enforcing it down in terms of consumer sentiment and stuff like that. Uh, and the last CPI, CPI for July, uh, showed zero percent month-on-month growth. So I can't remember what it was. I think it was 8.1 or 8.2 or something. Two months in a row, and the market took that as a big signal, which was really the catalyst for the, you know, that bear market rally. Truly, you know, great rally. Um, so I, I believe personally that CPI is going to signal to the market, you know, um, that inflation is stabilizing or even easing because U.S. energy situation is just eased a lot. Um, I think it's, I think fuel prices are kind of back to. To a normal range, definitely hear a lot less noise about it, which was the core component of inflation right now. Now, other elements like rent and food prices will show growth, but I think the decrease in energy inflation in the US um, on the 13th will, you know, it, it just really depends on how the market wants to read it. You know, right. they start seeing the DXY turning around and going, all right, the Fed is reading the room here, doesn't want to wreck its trading partners, of course, in their currency crisis. They might go for 0.5 on the 26th, I think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to, hey, they haven't finished playing this game yet. And then CPI says, hey, inflation's, you know, on the way down. It's, you know, it's still transitory. You know, that's, we've seen how the market reacted already. So um, I, I just elaborate on it because it, it had such a profound impact and um, not something to get blindsided by. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate the information, man, as always. You know, I mean, again, as I'm looking through some of these crap coin altcoins, um, they look really like they are ready to kind of start hitting things off. Um, it would make a lot of sense if Bitcoin kind of, you know, it's going to pick up, but it's going to pick up a lot slower than the altcoins. Now, we've had many instances of, you know, type of mini rallies in between bear markets. Just because, obviously, as we know, the altcoins tend to fall so much faster than the main cap coins. Uh, they recoup a lot faster as well. And once they're done recouping, that money you know, gets converted back into Bitcoin. Bitcoin goes on a bit of a tangent. The altcoins pull back. And then it starts to settle out again. Bitcoin gets boring. What happens? The altcoins start to pick up again. You just, you know, it's a trail of a game of following the money back and forth. I think we're just in that part of the cycle right now where a lot of these altcoins over the next, you know, potentially weeks to months are going to do some pretty sporadic things that we've been kind of missing, at least I've been missing over the last, you know, year or two. Yeah, I think we've got some exciting months ahead of us as long as everything uh, continues to look the way it's looking. You know, we can see that everything's just coiling up, coiling up coiling up same pattern coiling up xlm coiling up divergences zillica 
it, like you you change, you know, XLM and Zill, there's not a big difference in the charts right now. Qtum, GRT, everything looks the bloody same. Everything's lined up. It's all doing the same thing. So yeah, I think the altcoins are going to have some sort of potential here. Um, they're all either sitting at major levels of support or are you know ridiculously close to those levels. And uh, yeah, kind of excited for what the future brings us over the next little while. Of course, things are you know prone to change. Shit happens. Markets change on a dime. Um, and this really all kind of ties back into you know the traditionals, the economic, uh, the world economics about everything. But you know we're kind of starting to learn this month that oh maybe the Chinese housing crisis isn't actually as bad as we think. The governments really you know kind of uh, put things in place to uh, you know to to lighten the blow as far as that goes. You know the American economy doesn't seem like it's going anywhere anytime fast in a major type of depressive state of things. The only thing that I seem to see still is that the liquidity of everything is drying up, you know, but that also, again, has so much to do with sediment. And if people start to feel like they're losing out and things start to pick up because the market makers and the whales, you know, continue to jump back in, um, just as always, everyone will be late to the party. That sediment will start to change again. And we'll come to the next kind of point of control and see how things end up. Again, I really, I would very much love to see a retest of 30K before I make my next macro decision about what's going to happen here. If we can't even get there, then, well, the decision's made for me. But uh, everything I'm seeing and everything in my guts are telling me that's kind of the next step. We need, we really need to get it back up to that level since we haven't been there in months and months and months. You know, we only hit the minimum target, which was 25 and rejected off of it. But we've been continuously closing daily candles below 20K. Are we seeing a major reaction, a major dump? You know, it could have dumped to 14 within three days if it was that bad. And we did not see that. We're not seeing, you know, the rejection of 4,000 points of the S&P really giving us any type of major signal that this thing's going to shit. It's recovering like crazy. So we need to see what happens at 4,200 points this time around. If we break the market structure bullishly, if we get back above the local high, which is sitting at around 4,300 on the S&P, and we continue to see the 10-year yield kind of hitting a ceiling and turning back down, you know, as it has 2013, 2018, and now, you know, we could be in for something that we really haven't seen in a long time. Again, I think a lot more people are expecting much more downside than than are expecting upside. So, yeah, I think I covered the gist of everything. Again, make sure to check the channels for those updates. Um, I'm not making any major macro decisions, at least not on Bitcoin at the moment. Definitely an area of potential starting entry if you haven't already taken one based on four hour or six hour or eight hour TCs. If you're still in your shorts, good for you. You should be. Um, as far as ETH goes, though, I would have been out already. The fact that both daily and weekly are still triple confirmed to the upside. We never invalidated. We never TC'd back down. Um, I've been looking at buying opportunities every time we've come down. Um, average entry sitting around 1520. 
wasn't able to scoop up anything yesterday just because it was such a fast drop and we recovered so fast overnight. But that really kind of, it should spell out for you, you know, um, the, that was more of just the liquidity grab than anything else. You know, they're trying to push people into the short positions. And every time that there's a major shift in the markets and people get stuck, they're usually stuck for a long period of time. So don't get tied to your positions. Things could change again on a dime. But everything I'm seeing right now uh, says continuation. You know, maybe it's a slow go process and we just truck slowly. You know, every day, as long as we're closing higher lows, higher highs, we're on the right track. So with that all being said, we appreciate the heck out of you guys. For anyone listening who missed our uh, our triple confirmation bot session from today, we will have that uploaded uh, on Spotify, on our SS feed, any, anywhere that you find our podcasts, you'll be able to find that podcast as well as YouTube later today. So make sure to listen and give that a look over. And again, uh, on Friday in two days, the alpha will be open for public use. So make sure you guys check that out. Tell your friends, tell your mom, buy your uh, grandma some triple confirmation token as a stu- uh, <laughs> stuffing, uh, stocking stuffer. <laughs> you know, it's never too late to start getting Christmas presents. And uh, we love you guys. Hopefully you have a great rest of your day. Take care. Bye-bye.